welcome to another episode of And How Did That Make You Feel? My name's Rachel. This is my podcast where I talk to people about their experiences in counselling or therapy and with mental health to try and remove some of the stigma and shame around talking about our mental health, to normalise chatting about therapy um, and really just to help us feel not so alone in our anxiety and in our mental health uh, struggles that there are plenty of us out there who are going through something similar or can relate um, and it's nice to know that we're not alone when we're feeling like that. The last couple of episodes uh, we've talked a lot about vulnerability we talk about it again today in this episode um, and I really do hate it but I do uh, appreciate it that it is good for us and better for us so in an attempt to be more vulnerable um, my anxiety has been bad the last, oh, I want to say weeks, but it's probably now months. And yeah, very physical anxiety symptoms, which normally I have never really had very much. So that has been interesting. As my counsellor would say, we can be curious about that. Don't need to know the reasons why. Uh, yeah, I'm sharing that just so that if you're also at a point where you're feeling not yourself, your anxiety is bad or your mental health um, is, isn't is great at the minute. Yeah, I know how shit it is and there's, we are there with you and hopefully having a listen to this and listen to other people's experiences uh, will help you feel not as alone and that um, there's other people you can say, yes, me too, I do that as well. I cry when I'm brushing my teeth, <laughs> as I've talked about previously. So you're amongst friends here on this little podcast and if you would like to come and join us over on the old Instagram, um, my handle is and how did that come say hello. Um, when my anxiety isn't bad, I tend to be on there quite a lot, yarning away to you. Um, but yeah, the last few months have just been about um, kind of keeping the core, core aspects of my life ticking over. Um, so the podcast has had to take a wee bit of a backseat, but I'm here now. That's all that matters. And today's guest um, is Claire. Claire is a fellow podcaster. Um, I discovered her podcast a few months ago from one of my favourite podcasts, The Creep Dive. Uh, but Claire and her best pal Fee present a history podcast and it is brilliant. Um, check them out on Instagram. Their handle is what's underscore the history. And um, weekly episodes, really interesting um, historical kind of stories. And just great crack with the pair of them. Lots of Simpsons references, um, which I enjoy as well. Uh, but Claire, a few weeks ago in an episode, spoke about her mental health and shared about her mental health on her Instagram. And that gave me the opportunity to slide into Claire's DMs and say, would you like to come and have a chat with me? And I'm so thrilled that she said yes. We have a great chat. I loved it. I think you're going to love listening to it. Um, stick around at the end where I tell you more good things about their podcast and a book, as I usually do. But let's get into my conversation with Claire. Hi Claire, really nice to see you. Hi Rachel. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and have a chat with me. And thank you for having me, I'm delighted to be here. 
uh, do you want to introduce yourself? I will indeed. Um, it's not going to be very exciting. I'm just going to warn your listeners right now. Um, so my name is Claire. I am a secondary school teacher. I teach English and history. I work in the field of special educational needs at the moment and that's going to be I suppose that's my future so I'll be going back to college um, to train up in that in September um, and that's pretty much my life at the moment Ooh. I won't add anything else in because that is all I am doing right now. <laughs> I, will, I will quickly add in that Claire presents an excellent podcast that I'm a big fan of but if you listen to the very end you will hear me talk about Claire's podcast when Thank I you. recommend it in my um, book and podcast recommendations at the very end um, so I am restraining my fangirling um, and <laughs> wanting to come out because we're going to have a great old chat about mental health and therapy and, and all that kind of good stuff um, yes. so Claire to get the ball rolling what was your first kind of experience with counselling or therapy? So I had a very long road to deciding to go to therapy in the first place. And that was that was the big thing for me. That was the issue I think I struggled with for a long time. I I was very late because I'm 35 now and I didn't start going to therapy until I was 33. So it's very recent. It's very new to me. Um, I went through quite a, I suppose, a very traumatic breakup. Um, I think it was around 2018 when I realized that I was really struggling. I was struggling with my mental health. I I knew since I was a kid that I had, you know, issues with anxiety, issues with depression. Um, I knew that I could probably benefit from talking to somebody, but for a myriad of reasons, I just I didn't want to. Um, and then I I kind of did the odd thing, which is I just I went to my GP. And I didn't even, I just said, I'm not sleeping and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And my GP kind of said, is it possible that you have, you know, um, anxiety? Do you think I need to medicate you? And kind of asked me the question. And I was like, sure, (laughs) let's do that. Because, you know, I was not in a good place. I knew something was wrong. Um, Therapy was not suggested, which might be a little bit strange, but I'm not sure. I mean, if I don't know if that's the norm because I, I, I hadn't spoken to anybody I didn't know about what I was expecting going into the GP so I was medicated and I kind of thought that'll fix everything and I'll be fine and to a great extent it did but there was still something missing which was the understanding of why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling I was treating it but I wasn't getting to the like the, the core of it mm. <laughs> but I'll admit that I have this is going to make me sound so wholly unlikable here, but I have to be honest. Um, I am one of these people that is amazing to dish out advice, but I, I don't take advice very well. I don't take direction very well. I don't know. Is it a teacher thing? Is it like a, you know, I'm used to being bossy. I'm used to telling other people to, what to do. Uh, I'm relating a lot. <laughs> that is very similar to my disposition as well. I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody else's advice. What are you talking about? Oh, Claire, have you dropped out? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Perfect. Oh, it's my internet. Oh, it's, 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 it's saying my internet is unstable. Oh, crumbs. Sorry. Um, I was relating that, uh, that yes, I'm also could be, I, I prefer <laughs> strong will rather than boss. I, but oh, yes, that's, I, okay. That's better. That's I'm better very for similar. <laughs> I'm going to use that from now on instead of bossy. <laughs> it's more palatable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I I just couldn't kind of 
muster up the the motivation it wasn't even the courage for me it was the motivation it was the kind of you know if I go to therapy I'm going to get generic advice I'm going to I didn't trust the process I suppose which I know was and I'm so sorry to any therapist listening to this I know that it's very um that sounds very arrogant and but I yeah there was an arrogance in me and there was this kind of you know I don't want to be told things I already know you know maybe you need to live a healthier lifestyle you need to you know control your sleep you need to journal you need to do all of these things the kind of motivation just wasn't there to do any of that mm-hmm. um I was kind of self-sabotaging and I knew that I think I felt they were going to give me advice that I didn't want to hear yeah if that makes sense oh totally yeah so I just wasn't ready um so eventually when I realized that well if if actually if you're so great and you're you're you know you're really functioning and you're managing then why don't you feel great why don't you feel like you're functioning and managing so it was kind of like a tough talk with myself it didn't involve anybody else it was just me being like you are in a profession where you're constantly advising people to open up and to talk and to share but you're actually not following your own advice and that's actually that's very hypocritical Mm. potentially quite harmful for yourself so I kind of did the the google searching and and all of that and just um shopped around and you know came to the decision to I found somebody that sounded you know kind of up my street um and it's it's funny because I'm not sure again of other people's experiences but it was the fir- first person for me that I went to see just mm. seemed to fit you know mm-hmm. um I was very uncomfortable in the beginning yeah. um I have a lot I kind of have attention span issues I would suspect I don't want to diagnose myself. I'm not a psychiatrist. I do work with um, in the field of SEN. There's definitely attention issues and focus and concentration issues for me. Um, I can get quite fidgety. I can get uncomfortable. So I kind of thought this is just going to be a horror show, but you have to trust that these are professionals. They're trained and my therapist just made me feel so ridiculously comfortable. And that was amazing for me. That was the first thing. It not even what I was talking about or what I was saying it was just the process of actually making me feel comfortable so that was was very positive was there anything in particular that they did to kind of make you feel comfortable in that yeah it is awkward kind of situation especially your first couple of sessions I think it was that we acknowledged that we acknowledged Mm. that they kind of asked me like how do you feel on the first day which I know sounds like a very kind of obvious generic question but it was the sincerity with the way it was asked Mm -hmm. and I said to be honest I feel uncomfortable I feel nervous I feel that I'm being kind of like I'm under a microscope I'm being kind of watched and I'm a very you know there's lots of things with my concentration and my focus I get quite fidgety I get a bit nervous and um they just kind of said straight away just you know like this that's normal it's fine I'm not going to if you even you know is there would you prefer that I don't look at you a lot that you know whatever you would prefer whatever makes you more comfortable you can sit this way you can sit that way you can I can give you something to hold in your hands I can and straight away I was like okay this person this person gets it yeah um there didn't seem to be any and they weren't like you know you know the kind of like trope in tv shows that like they'll be scribbling down everything you say on a pad mm-hmm. with like a raised eyebrow being like oh okay <laughs> um, they, there was none of that you know yeah. and uh, and, that, and that was something that I just felt I felt really comfortable straight away with her with the therapist mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's funny like the eye contact is 
so intense in a kind of therapy situation and I've never um I have my sessions over zoom now which is great like yesterday I was in bed having therapy like I will never probably never go back to in person um again because it's just so handy um handy the best of times and then handy on a day when I just needed to stay in bed then I could still go to therapy but anyway that's lovely uh, yeah um and yeah just so over zoom I don't know if that's made it more intense but like some sessions I just cannot look at the screen like I just have to talk over here and then I'll glance back and she is you know she is looking at me so kind of like empathetically and you know is interested in what I'm saying but I'm just like no it's too too extreme but I've never thought of like saying to her could you not look at me (laughs) as much that would be really helpful (laughs) um absolutely I um, I can relate to that so much because I have amazing eye contact when I'm not being vulnerable yes oh yes yes yeah I can I can I can look and if you're speaking to me I will be looking at you and I will be like nodding along and like yes 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 and then the minute I'm any bit vulnerable I'm like whoa I I can't you know and I'm like you I have to turn my head I have to look to the side um and it's been pointed out to me a lot throughout my life but I I think it's the vulnerable side of things you're like okay I'm being vulnerable right now and and if somebody's looking at me they're really seeing that vulnerability yeah um yeah I'm very similar and something I am trying to work on but that's a uh it's a very it's a tough area for me yeah yeah I I hate vulnerability yeah (sighs) yes I know it's really good for me but it's it's such a pain in the ass (laughs) yeah agreed agree there all Uh, and my my counselor will say to me a lot um especially if I suddenly lose like if I've been maintaining good eye contact throughout the session and then Mm -hmm. if I'm suddenly like over here she's like oh you've left your body like come back to yourself and it is it's it's totally it's like the flight or or fight or I always get there's too many f's the fight flight freeze kind of thing of yeah can I can I sit with this can I be vulnerable oh um oh I'm uncomfortable even just talking about it um yeah Absolutely. I, like it yeah. does make me like really go into my head and and be like oh I don't know what I'm doing yeah um, yeah it's 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 really hard <laughs> it's gross really, really tough yeah yeah um and it, you know like again because I I teach you know like there could be 30 people in my class and there's no issue with eye contact there's no issue with shyness there's no issue with any of that but the Mm -hmm. second exactly the focus is on me and some questions and you know this probably yourself sometimes questions are quite they're fine they're fine they're fine and then one question can be asked that's just like like a punch to the stomach and you're like whoa and that's when I when I have to like look away or Mm -hmm. um you know because I'm I'm also not really a crier um, even though I wish I was more I think it would be more it would again I don't have to cry it's not like a rule that you have to go in and, and cry yeah. but I, I yeah I think that's something I'm trying to use and I'm really working mm. on is allowing myself to be vulnerable like it's okay yeah. to be like that there's nothing wrong with it um it's just yeah I think I think is it the society you know we're brought up in that like you have to be a little bit tough and Mm. that's the maybe I don't know I it probably was the way I was brought up as well a little Mm. bit so I have to kind of it's like retraining yourself it's 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 really really difficult and it's something I wasn't prepared for I'll be honest um I knew I'd have to open up I didn't know how difficult it was going to be yeah you know 
I, I always, before I started therapy, I would have said, oh, I'm very good at being vulnerable and sharing and being open. And, mm-hmm. um, and the counselor I'm seeing at the minute, she's the second counselor I've seen, but I've seen her Guinness for probably three or four years at this point. Yeah. Um, but she totally called me out in that, like the very first session. Yeah. Um, she's like, no, that's, that's retrospective vulnerability. You're telling me about a difficult situation and how you fixed it and sorted it out. That's not vulnerability. That's just telling a story. Uh, and she knows that uh, that's that's how I like to like process things let me come in and tell my dramatic story and how I sorted it out so now if she if she she thinks that I'm starting to like get into storytelling mode she's like no Rachel (laughs) you can't do that I'm like damn it just let me tell you this dramatic thing that happened to me yeah I fixed it all by myself it's like that can I have a really sir? Let, let me tell you. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I know. I'll yeah. regularly be like, I know I can't tell you this dramatic thing. So that here's what's happened. This, this, and this. Yeah. No narrative. Are you happy? <laughs> I, and I get that as well. And I frequently kind of, or I say that I, I fixed it or I feel okay now, but like clearly I don't. <laughs> and I'll say, you know, and there's no residual trauma there whatsoever. <laughs> I feel great about that thing. And she'll be like, no, you don't. <laughs> and that's okay as well. You know, yeah. and you might think you do, but you clearly don't. Um, and it's funny because we do sometimes try to fool ourselves, I think, or mask or a million different things. Um, and I have a tendency as well to like, which anybody who listens to my podcast will know I tend to kind of waffle or I can I can just keep talking you know sometimes and she has to cut in and be like no stop and you know she what I find fantastic is she's able to direct the conversation rather she is amazing at listening which is obviously a huge part of it but also a really good counselor will know how to take the direction and how to mold the conversation and guide the conversation rather than just be like I'm going to sit and listen to you talk for an hour because I could be likely to say anything um anything (laughs) um and and that's the thing that they like a good counselor will kind of I find that will just guide and she does that really well and she kind of pulls me back and like yours doesn't allow me to tell kind of um not I won't say lies but you know we we lie to ourselves and we have sometimes uh-huh. a false sense of something and she can spot that really well you know she's gotten to know me very well which is kind of flattering in a way I'm like oh okay um so and I think that's a huge thing as well a huge mm. reason why I really kind of feel a trust there you know yeah that kind of trusting relationship is is so yeah kind of vital and I suppose I expected the same kind of thing. I'm trying to think now did my first counsellor take notes. She did t- take notes, but my my counsellor doesn't take notes in the session. But okay. the she obviously does afterwards because she will remember things like she will link up things that I have told, you know, like different aspects of my life or different things or she remembered an important kind of date of an, of an event that I hadn't remembered. And she was like, wow. oh, you're, you're probably feeling like this because we're coming up to that time of year. I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, that's, that's exactly. Wow. Uh, you know, so and I'm always kind of so impressed that um, yeah. is she secretly recording me? I don't think she is. <laughs> um, she's obviously, you know, but again, like 
that's so helpful to to like help me feel secure in that relationship of Mm -hmm. like yes she and she says this to me quite a lot of like this is your R like I am here to listen to you that's you know this that's all we're gonna do is I'm you know I'm gonna listen to you this is your space and to just kind of be reminded like okay yeah this I am the most important person for this these next 60 minutes yeah Um, and to feel comfortable to be able to talk about whatever shit I need to talk about yeah and that's it exactly that and it is an incredibly trusting relationship and something um I suppose I I can't say I'm a very private person because I I'm, I'm it's funny there's kind of a cognitive dissonance at play with me in the sense that I've always loved to share like I would have had diaries and things growing up, very introspective. I had a blog for a long time when that was a thing. Remember blogs? And then like, yeah, having a podcast and all of these things. I'm a very open person. But then at the same time, I was brought up in a family that was quite conservative and strict. And, you know, don't be too, you'll give a, a sense of yourself. You know, we were brought up to be successful and mm. successful people. And I suppose my family's eyes, they don't, they don't share their weaknesses and things like that. You project this image as expected of you. So like I have these two kind of sides of me. One was very, very, very private. And the other then was just bursting to like talk to people and talk about these things. So when I first started counseling, it was like, I can't believe I'm saying these things yeah. out loud. Like I'm admitting things that I wouldn't even tell my friends you know which to me just felt it was a surreal experience mm. I'm I'm used to it now I'm it's funny I'm on the way to counseling and I'm like okay in 10 minutes I'm going to be talking about an extremely traumatic thing and, and you know or I'm going to be sharing my biggest fears and my biggest doubts or sometimes even some pretty unpleasant things about myself you know that that I know are maybe some intrusive thoughts or maybe some things I thought this week that are pretty terrible or maybe some behaviors I engaged in that I know aren't very healthy but it's just so surreal that I'm saying these out loud in the company of another human. And, 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 and I just think it's amazing. It's a great feeling, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, it took, took me a while to kind of get to the point where when I was telling, yeah, talking about something I didn't want to admit or I would have to, or I would feel like I would have to justify myself and follow mm-hmm. it up with like, yeah. Oh, but I'm not really yeah. like that. Or, Oh, you know, you know oh, don't think badly of me. Whereas now I'm just like, here we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, yeah. Here, this is where we're at. You know what I'm like now by this point. Like, this is this is what I'm coming with today. Yeah. Um, of a really similar, actually, yeah, that I just, you just have to try and let it all out. But sometimes I think I also have a fear of where you said there you justify yourself. I have a thing where I have to give all my feelings. So I might have like, 20 different kind of opinions on something and I'm afraid that I won't verbalize myself properly so I just have to keep speaking until I get it all out but a lot of those thoughts are conflicting or they're total contradictions and I know I'm not making any sense but and that's why I suppose the importance of writing even though I think I was quite against it in the beginning because it just seemed very generic advice to me to journal and to write things down I was like oh okay Mm -hmm. um but when I actually started doing it, I was like, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> it's not really <laughs> annoying when that happens. Though. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I'll drink my three liters of water a day. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. My fine. skin is glowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so annoying. Um, yeah, I was sitting there with like my pink stationery and I was like, okay, I love this. Um, 
it was just so and I I even now sometimes when I don't physically write I use the notes app on my phone and I just mm. jot thoughts down and things down and oh my god like I cannot um express how cathartic it is mm. you know it's just it's just incredible because a big thing for me that I've had to work on is rejection sensitive dysphoria which is like the worst thing to have because mm. I'm very I'm I'm hypersensitive um and I know that my reaction to certain perceived rejections, and that's exactly what they are, perceived slights, perceived rejections, can be absolutely over the top and like totally, um, you know, not at all in any way, shape or form healthy. So that's even, you know, writing a response or, or centering myself or, you know, grounding myself, all of that through writing. Um has just done I it's like I'm a different person Mm. now in how I react to these situations it's like I'm outside of my own body looking at myself being like this is how you need to react now and it it just works it's just clicked for me just amazing yeah class yeah and with your counselor did they um does she use like a specific methodology like have you done CBT or somatic or mixture we talked about this in the beginning and she kind of got the feel that I might not respond I I'm not the most disciplined person in the world and I would very much play the game and I would even be like yes yes absolutely doing all of those things you told me to do and then not doing them um and I had to be really honest with her that I am that person um we did we I do I have some techniques that I use um and some things really do work for me but none of it is like one specific thing you know um I I meditate sometimes I do yeah a little bit of mindfulness there are little journal writing is a huge thing for me um so there's all like little techniques but nothing no program that I could follow because Mm -hmm. I know the type of person I am I think it works amazingly for some people Mm -hmm but you have to have the willingness to do it. Um, And it's not, that is not me saying I don't believe in these things because I absolutely do, but I know myself. (laughs) Um, And I think at 35, I'm probably not going to change. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's like when, you know, I'm, I'm, it's like at 10 o'clock some nights and I'm like, do not have a coffee. Why would you have a coffee right now? You're about to go to sleep. And then I'm like, ah, I'll have a coffee. <laughs> There's no one here to stop me. It's fine. Um, and that's, that's me. <laughs> that's the type of person that I am. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, those late night coffees. Yeah. Then yes. <laughs> Still awake at four in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, my counselor, um, she's psychodynamic but um she from the very beginning um you know because I had I'd had a couple of friends who had gone through counseling and that was really what encouraged me to kind of think about it and explore it and they would have yeah. talked about oh I've, I've had like a bit of homework to do for counseling um but this this week was the first time in however many years I've been going to my counselor where she was like okay I have some homework for you this week uh, whereas normally she's like no there's no goals there's no homework because yeah. I my brain just wants like five things that I need to do and then I'll be fixed yeah and that's that's always where I'm going to I'm like how do I okay I feel sad well I don't want to feel sad so what do I do to fix it um yeah. so she like I've never really done any CBT and yes brilliant works real so well but for my brain it would be 
too goal orientated and then I'd come to the end of it and be like ah why am I still anxious I've done all these steps absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah I'd be like why am I not president (laughs) (laughs) I like why am I not the most successful person in the world I did CBT and it didn't work and I'm never doing anything again yeah that's me as well I'm very very yes goal exactly that um I can relate to that so much um and the my cancer does reiterate that to me a lot like bigger picture you know um some things are a means to an end as well and I I, and I do I'm better I'm better at that I'm better at seeing it as a process as opposed to yeah there being like this big kind of thing at the end it's and I accepted it's going to be a lifelong thing it's not you know I'm not going to get to one day where you know, I've, I've, I've reached the end of all of this. I mean, that's, and I, I've accepted that. And I'm actually kind of, I'm very comfortable with that now. Mm. I'm like, okay, this is who I am. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, and um, that's why if, if any of my friends or people I know who could be struggling, like I recommend counseling to them because I like, honestly, most of the population could benefit from it. Oh, you know? yeah. I think, I think my friends are now fed up of, I don't do it as much anymore, but like anything they're talking about, my response is, have you thought about counseling? So now I have to like eat that, eat that response and be like, that's not what they want to hear. You know, rather than just they're like, like Rachel is working for big counseling. <laughs> but like same as me exact same um, because I, and again, I'm kind of like the poster child of the stubborn kind of like you know not that I didn't believe in it but I, ha- I was very kind of um yeah I just wasn't sure I was skeptical and now I'm like you know it's just it's helped me so much and it's not going to I suppose we both know it's not going to turn you into this magical person but it's going to give you tools it's going to give you coping mechanisms it's going to like you said some days it's just about being heard like mm-hmm. some days I I need to be heard and you know I'm I'm, I'm going to now I'm going to express this in a really healthy way in a healthy trusting secure environment which is you know the optimum way to express it mm-hmm. um it's just all those things so yeah I really wish like I really really wish that it was more it, it was more calm I don't know is it an Irish thing mm. um that that you know it's kind of in our in our innately kind of in us that we are great to talk a talk and we're great to give advice and we're great to but maybe not be vulnerable it's just something I think we find difficult yeah totally and I know for me growing up and I'm 35 as well um like it was talked about in hushed tones you know if yes. somebody was seeing a therapist or <clears throat> counseling um you know what what was your kind of experience or what yeah what did you think about counseling when you were growing up like was it talked about or well <clears throat> interestingly my mother is a psychiatric nurse which mm you would kind of think would make her more open about these things, but actually complete opposite effect. My mother worked in a psychiatric hospital in a very, very difficult environment, Mm. extremely difficult. She worked a lot of her time in admissions actually, which like is one of the hardest places to work in a psych hospital because you're seeing people at their kind of most acute, you know, levels. And I think when she saw these um, symptoms emerging in me, my, with depression I, I I could sleep I could sleep for like a week straight you know I could sleep I'm Olympic level sleeper when I when I'm going through a depressive state mm-hmm. um I eat I got a million things all the things all the bad things I shouldn't be doing I do 
same with anxiety. So when she saw the when she saw these things start to kind of come out and reveal themselves, she was she was upset. She because it, this was the people she was seeing at work, and she just found it really difficult to see this enemy. And I understand that. So we mm. didn't really talk about it. Similar to my father, um, similar with my siblings, similar with my relationship that I was in, um, and it was very much like your somebody once said to me you know you're a teacher so if you share this with an employer they could potentially um see you as kind of maybe a bit weak or maybe a bit untrustworthy or maybe they might not trust you around children or and that really stuck with me so I just kept it to myself I I was so frightened because I was that's exactly what I thought that people are going to think that I'm you know they're that terrible stereotype of the kind of neurotic teacher and they're you know that that can't cope with the pressure and that was another thing I'm a really really hard worker and I really couldn't stand the thought of people thinking that like I couldn't handle it and I couldn't Mm -hmm. hack it and um yeah I just so the I suppose the attitude in my family and my family are great and I adore them but it was very much you know um just kind of maybe go out and walk a bit and you know go out into nature and you'll be okay and yeah you know it it, it, there really wasn't an acceptance and there's still a little bit they're not crazy about the fact that I'm medicated for example Mm. um but they can see the difference in me then you know the positive difference so I think I think they've accepted a bit more I don't talk to them about my counseling actually Mm. that's a kind of a conscious choice because I even though I'm here on a podcast talking about it I generally like to keep it quite private um just, yeah it's it's unlikely that my mom is listening right now so I think we're I think we're safe um but yeah I just I just kind of don't talk and and, and maybe that's not a good I don't know is that a good thing is that a bad thing that I don't talk about it with my family I don't know my counselor at this point would say you don't have to know <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Thank you, Rachel Stensler. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I would be quite similar in that respect as well. And and then sometimes I get annoyed. And again, my counsellor's always like, this, you know, well, she doesn't say you're being daft, but she, she talks me through it. I'll sometimes mm-hmm. mention something counselling adjacent or yeah. make a joke be like oh I'll talk about that in counseling this week and yes. to me that's that's me in my head I'm like oh that's me being being vulnerable about counseling like that's me opening up being like yeah. oh we can talk about this and then I get sometimes get frustrated not specifically just my family but um then I'll be like oh well that person didn't pick up on me that was me saying let's talk about what I'm doing in counseling or let's talk about how I'm doing and then I'll be annoyed when they like move the conversation on yeah my, counsel- my counselor's like but how did how how is that person supposed to know that that's what that was absolutely like, oh my god that is me as well I my best friend the girl who does the podcast with me um Fanula, she's an amazing I mean oh my god she's not just my best friend she's the best friend you know what I mean she's just incredible and I tell her everything, every too much, really. And um, she, I was, I think I was sending her a WhatsApp audio one day because, yeah, we don't, we clearly don't spend enough time talking to each other. Um, 
And I, I think I mentioned in passing, I said something like, oh, I told my counsellor something, something. And she didn't know I was going to counselling. And she was like, what? Mm. What was that? And I kind of had to be like, oh, yeah, by the way. And I still haven't spoken actually about it really with her. Mm. Um, now she's the most amazing person in the world. She will let me say what I want to say or not what I yeah. want to say. She never puts pressure on me to, to open up. And I know I can. And she'll be the most non-judgmental person in the world. I think I just wasn't ready yet Mm -hmm. you know um and this actually for me is a very cathartic thing because I don't talk to really anybody about it you know Mm -hmm. um but you know yourself it's not your friends aren't exactly going to be like so what did you talk about this week you know it's 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 very much a a private experience between yourself and your counselor and it's sometimes you get the fog when you come out you're like I don't know what I talked about this week you know I can't remember it was just this like stream of of emotions and I come out and I'm exhausted but also I feel very relieved and then mm. I'm kind of going I, I can't remember you know I, I have no memory of, of anything so other than I feel quite good yeah some weeks I'll think oh, I've I have nothing to say and then get in and you know she asks me how I am and 45 minutes later you know we've talked about all kinds of different things and then other weeks oh like when we were doing some really kind of difficult just starting to do some really difficult workarounds and things there was a session where like that phrase of your mind going blank yeah not like because we would do a lot of like how does your body feel or how does that how would that kind of inanimate you know that feeling what would it look like or what would it feel like um and literally in my in my brain, all I could see was like white sheets and white sheets of paper and everything everything was literally blank. And it was, we had to work through that for an hour of her being like, oh, if you if you lifted a little bit of that blank sheet, would there be anything underneath it? Or tell me more about this blank wow. sheet. Yeah. And, you know, it was my brain just being like, no, I we we're not we're not ready to talk about this yet but it was I remember in then talking to her about it later just being like that that was so crazy amazing that you knew how to walk me through that or get me through that session where I really didn't want to talk about these things but we you know you still brought me through it yeah I mean that's the thing I suppose coming back to the trusting their skills you know and I not that I I won't say I didn't trust their skills again my mother um psychiatric nurse and I'm Mm -hmm. somewhat aware of the the background um in psychiatry psychology as well but yeah I think I just I think maybe it's from television maybe it's from watching counselors on television not to say that they're terrible but when you're there and it's a different experience in real life and you're there and yeah absolutely like that sometimes I'm just astounded at her ability to get to the bottom of something that I haven't been able to figure out myself and to get me to express myself in a way that I didn't know that I could Mm. Um, and I'm like wow okay you're good (laughs) you're good (laughs) you know and it it is it's about that trust and um, I'm I'm lucky that I found it in the first person I went to as well Um, you know and I think that that's an important thing you if you have to keep it's okay to break up with your counselor you know if they're not the right person for you that's fine as well Um, but no mine mine is she's she's a good one I'm going to keep her um, because like that she has a way of getting 
your your paper analogy which is fantastic and very much how my brain would work as well um and actually can be quite frightening you know when you're mm-hmm. like I, I I need to get past this but I don't know how to and maybe I'm stuck here forever who knows and um <laughs> that can be so terrifying you know um not not being able to verbalize or make sense of your fears or your doubts oh totally and just having somebody yeah to kind of handhold you through that yes. and remind you like my counselor said said this to me yesterday like you will not feel like this forever like you can't even if it's just the sun will shine tomorrow and you'll stand outside and that'll make you feel better or something will happen at work and that'll make you feel a different emotion you won't feel this emotion yeah um, forever whereas yeah I definitely when I I am very much an uh, all or nothing kind of personality. So if I am feeling sad, then it feels mm-hmm. like that's the only emotion I'm ever going to feel ever again. Um, very similar as well. And I think my struggle with sadness as well is kind of a, <clears throat> I'm very much a kind of a numb, I go to kind of numb and I get to a point where I get, I feel very unfulfilled sometimes, you know, that literally nothing can pull me out of this and, that's what I kind of tell myself that I'm you know like I now the summer is a very difficult time for me actually because I'm brilliant when I'm teaching when I have my routine um I have a very long day I get up at 6 a.m it's very structured it's very routine it's very rigid and I perform well like that but then when it's summer and all of a sudden the routine has gone out the window and I have to really self-manage um you know I have to get up out of bed and I have to try anyway and there's all these things that all of a sudden I have to do and sometimes I don't because of my very stubborn brain and yeah I can end up in kind of a state of total like somebody could burst in my door and tell me you know that I've won the lottery and I'd be like eh you know there's that like and it's a horrible feeling but like that I've learned to be like okay yeah and you're feeling like this and that's okay you can't force it to go away either so like I would have engaged maybe in behaviors in the past that would have been like you need to do something to make yourself happy immediately Mm. like right now whereas now I'm like no it's okay to feel a bit like this and you know it would be great if you would do something nice like go for a walk or maybe do some writing but if you can't do that that's also okay and then in a couple of days it does it it does go away um it goes away and that's kind of how my depression works it's it's Mm. not you know it doesn't last for very long periods of time um and that it was it was exactly that I was training my brain because when you're in that moment it feels never ending it feels like this is how I'm going to be forever you know I'm always going to feel like this but it's not true it's a totally deceptive feeling um and when you come out of it there's that relief that like okay and you know the last time because of therapy because of speaking to a counselor I was able to manage it I was able to be like and I didn't do anything kind of self-destructive or I didn't do anything kind of um reactionary I just mm. I just got through it um with some with some kind of and I was like I was like she'll be proud of me um you know some of the kind of techniques and things that she had taught me and that's why I how I feel like okay this is really working now for me mm. you know yeah it's those moments of being able to I suppose step back from yourself a bit and acknowledge oh yeah like I my, I got through that look at how like yeah just look at how differently I handled that or how um yeah kind of we pat on the back and I don't want to say self-congratulatory but sometimes it is sometimes I am like I I am a different person than than who I was 
a year ago um and that's because I have worked really hard on myself um yes and yeah sometimes there is you can take a moment and be like yeah I'm feeling quite smug yeah <laughs> like the best student in the class and that's <laughs> it you're, you're like it it's not I say it's not gonna go it's not like I'm going to therapy to cure my depression that's not what's gonna happen I'm going to learn how to live with it and live with my anxiety and live with the the different kind of um things that make up my brain um and that's what and it's an ongoing like I said it's an ongoing process you know um but I've as of kind of now and the last well I would say even the last year I've been managing it very very well Mm. um and maybe in the future you know there'll be times where I don't manage it as well but I feel I feel I'll definitely never go back to the stage I was in before mm. I opened up before that even visit to the GP before I kind of admitted that listen there's a problem here there's mm. something wrong I don't think I'm ever going to go back to that stage so that's something while I'm not cured I'm not going to be magically cured I'm definitely in a far better place than I was before yeah and that's, and that's, thing, you know? oh that's massive that's, yeah and that's um yeah I love hearing people talking about their experiences like that because it is reassuring um especially if I'm maybe at a point we're working through something and it just feels like oh I'm never going to get to the point where I can kind of feel like oh I'm at a point where I'm managing this or able to able Mm -hmm. to handle it so yeah really encouraging to to hear people talk about the yeah they're kind of achievements within therapy even though that's very anti what therapy is about but um yeah it kind of gives gives you it gives people a bit of hope of yeah I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep working on this even when sometimes it's really really hard yeah absolutely and I've learned even you know to open up to my friends and things and to open up to you know if there's sometimes if there's an event on and I just can't go because I'm not you know I, I maybe I don't I don't want to in some ways which is I think it's okay to actually say that mm-hmm. without being insulting um I know I said I have rejection sensitive dysphoria so I should probably be more sensitive um, to other people's um of rejection but I like I've learned that to be like you know if I go to this event to my friends, then it's probably going to make me a little bit anxious or I'm probably going to be a bit uncomfortable or it might make me sad. And, you know, for, for them to hopefully kind of understand that and show a little bit of compassion. And, you know, even if, if I really, really wanted to go, I could speak to my counselor and say, you know, there's an event and I'm worried about how I'm going to, you know, be and that maybe they could help me with that. Um, but that's the key thing is to open up because the me of a couple of years ago would have there would have been things I would have done that would have been very unhealthy you know I would have not maybe not gone maybe ignored a text maybe upset somebody Um, and I realize now that doesn't have to be the case actually there doesn't have to be negative outcomes to these things you can communicate and try well try you can try to communicate Mm. Um, and that's something I learned as well that because there are certain things obviously people with mental health issues are going to find difficult in day-to-day life and it's just kind of learning how to mitigate those I guess or how to how to I won't even say combat them because they don't have to be these huge things but just how to kind of cope yeah Um, yeah so like because nearly every day there's going to be something you know um and that that's what it's all about really for me at the crux of this was kind of learning how to deal with those situations and how to deal with them in a healthy way 
you know, mm. as opposed to a way that I was either harming myself or harming other people. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think people are more open to, or more understanding of, I don't know what is going on for everybody, even, you know, close circle of friends or so when somebody does say, oh, I can't make this or I can't do this or mm, I'm not feeling great. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I think there is more of an understanding of, oh yeah, it's much better that you express that rather than the not, I'm not explaining myself very well here, but you know, no, I completely get it. I do. Yeah. And you're right because now, yeah, it's not that you have to be like, you know, to every single person, Hey, I'm not going to your 21st <laughs> birthday. Cause I have depression, you know, you don't have to keep, um, for me and my friends, it's kind of a, a, you know, maybe I, maybe I don't feel up to that right now or, um, you know, and, and they'll, they'll understand, but also I guess because I love them very much and I know if they want me to be at an event, I will try my very best to be yeah. there. Um, so if I am telling you that I'm, I can't go, it, that's the reason instead of lying and making up, which I would have done in the past, you know, mm. Mm-hmm. I would have um I would have lied and I would have made up um some kind of terrible excuse and then felt really guilty mm. um whereas now I'm like okay um I you know my my cancer says to me it's okay to say to somebody um that you don't want to go to something because a lot of the time that's just the truth and we need to be more comfortable telling each other the truth yes um, you know Mm-hmm. and like I know if you know I'm having for example like I'm having a barbecue at my house in a couple of weeks and if I invited somebody and their response was um no I don't want to go I probably would be a bit like whoa <laughs> okay um but I think in a healthy and there's a way to express that without yeah. it sounding that blunt I guess you know yeah yeah um, and I suppose with with friends you uh, well, I I am more able to kind of say, though still very euphemistically, like I'll maybe say something like, I'm not really feeling tip top today. I don't know if I can, mm, rather than, you know, do you know what I mean? Even though yeah. I'm very open about talking about my mental health yes. and about counselling, I still just can't like be like, I'm feeling very anxious. <laughs> after, yeah. You know, like dressing up. If you were to say that to your friends that you're not feeling, you know, tip top or, or whatever way you feel like, do you expect them then to ask are you okay or would you prefer them to just take that and be like okay and not comment on it very interesting question um I, I probably at the minute I'm I am happy to have just been able to express to somebody yeah, yeah. right now at this present moment this is how I'm feeling rather mm-hmm. than because I will withdraw a lot whenever I'm feeling anxious yes and and not not want to talk to people which is very unlike my normal kind of personality so yeah I would have either just been like powering on through um my big issue for a long time was like I just suppressed all my emotions just didn't feel them um so now I'm I'm in a very odd place of suddenly feeling every single emotion (laughs) for the first time um, yeah. which is which is a whole other ball game um so yeah I think and yeah it's kind of coming back to what I was talking about earlier of 
sometimes my intention will be oh I'm saying this to open the door to you to ask me how I am and then other times no I'm definitely not and how how are people in my life supposed to know that (laughs) I'm the exact same oh this is great if any of my friends my friends will be listening to this they're going to be like oh my god this is because I do the exact same thing I will be like sometimes I'm in a corner they're not asking me how I am and then other times like they you know they'll be like are you are you okay because you know we've noticed maybe you're a bit quiet lately or you're a bit withdrawn and you know and I'll be like I'm fine I'm totally fine and I'm, I'm not fine you know yeah. um but and I I've kind of tried to gently explain that to them in the past that look I will I will I will open up when I'm able to open up and there will be times when I'm just I'm just not and like you I can't really even explain why sometimes I don't want to mm-hmm. um yeah I think when I'm anxious I, I absolutely withdraw as well I get very quiet um I'm an exceptionally chatty person and very open and very friendly but there are times when I could be in the company of my friends or anybody even even Fanula my best friend and I am just quiet I just have nothing to give I have nothing mm. to say because I'm inside my own head yeah um I have no energy and I have no mm. desire to to kind of engage which is not probably the most pleasant to be around but again it's all part of I guess understanding you know that in somebody um and I, I yeah I probably actually I need to kind of that's one thing I've, I keep meaning to kind of bring up with my counselor in those situations is there a way to kind of is it is it socially acceptable <laughs> you know to be like that or do I need to fix it or you know is there a way to combat that to kind of open up a bit more or is it okay just to sit and you know yeah. be totally silent and antisocial yeah I I think and this is a, a prime example of me just about to give some advice that I would not but I would need to hear myself but wouldn't yeah. take as you were saying at the beginning like I was just about to be like of course you can be antisocial you can be whatever you want you whatever you need you do that <laughs> I think that this basically that's what my brain is telling me like all the time like it's okay but then you know that kind of horror feeling you get when someone after you've been in company even a few people and someone texts and says you were very quiet tonight and you're like oh no was it that noticeable <laughs> you know I thought that I masked it enough I thought yeah. I did enough smiling and nodding and you know but obviously I didn't um oh. and my family will say that to me sometimes as well and will really kind of lay it on thick oh it's my dog barking Rachel apologies oh it's fine my dog's <laughs> asleep so um yes uh the, the doggies. Um, I'm surprised she hasn't made an appearance. She normally does when she knows I'm on Zoom. Um, I'm wondering if there's somebody outside. Oh, is there somebody at the door? Just two seconds. Oh, it's my mom. Oh. <laughs> two seconds. I'll just get rid of her. Two seconds, I promise. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't apologize. <laughs> like, do you, like, I can phone you back if you need to go and see your mom or whatever. No, no. Like, she's just letting me know she's going to Wexford for a couple of days. <laughs> so... <laughs> just in case you know <laughs> oh, her actually interrupting me on podcasts is very on brand for my mother so I'm so sorry Rachel <laughs> you're totally fine don't worry at all um I can't even um oh, oh we were talking about people pointing out if we'd yes. been quiet um yeah. and yes sometimes what pisses me off is people saying that whenever I know that I haven't been yes you know I'm like mm-hmm. absolutely you're like no I'm fine like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why didn't you notice all those other times when I was being quiet when I was actually quiet exactly yeah. oh, I get the exact same and like 
I can get a little bit defensive about it then mm. I can be like was I was I quiet you know and, and what gave you that impression and yeah you know, I that... thought I was actually quite chatty and yeah and like... sometimes <clears throat> sometimes I think it depends on how it's brought up to me because some of yeah you know some of my friends will be like really gentle in how they approach mm. it but then if it comes across as kind of an accusation or an implication that you were mm. being rude maybe then mm. I'm a bit like okay yeah I'm about to throw down now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay no would... I, I mean, that made me sound really cool or not <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I would literally curl into a ball and cry at the sight of confrontation so <laughs> oh I no, I'm very confrontational so I would be straight I'm like no I'm don't know what you're talking about um unless I was actually being quiet and then if I'm if I'm in a good place then I'll be like oh I'm so I feel very very sane and very valued that you noticed that I was quiet or if I'm yeah. in a bad place I'll be like oh yeah the, oh people notice you know it just uh, yeah it's it's a minefield trying to be friends with me <laughs> clearly <laughs> <laughs> So it would be very rare that anybody that knows me very well would ever kind of be like, mm, you're a bit quiet tonight or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. They would know that that's not not the way to kind of um, approach that kind of a conversation with me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do. I find that, yeah, it's like small things that my friends do for me or my family make me feel very valued and seen. And, you know, it can be something very inconsequential or something very small, but especially with all the kind of work that I've done in therapy, you know, it can it can have such an impact on me, just something, a very small gesture. But, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know the ripple kind of effect of those kind of, even if it is a text of like, oh, how is counselling going? Or, oh, you know, just kind of reaching out in that way or those kind of small gestures can make a big impact definitely yeah I agree and that yeah small small things it doesn't exactly have to be a big grand gesture or anything too intrusive just um something small and and I tried to do I tried to give that back as well you know um yeah I get like my Fanula again is she's fantastic my sister is actually great as well because my sister is very good at maintaining the balance between kind of uh, distance um you know keeping her distance at times when I might need it mm. um and not being too interested my mom <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally just came in to tell me she was leaving for a couple of days um she's usually fantastic as well um she likes to get she know my friends and family know that I have kind of two modes I have I want need my space and then please surround me and love me and Mm -hmm. give me all the attention and validation please and um which I it's not an easy trait that I you know I know I'm sometimes I'm not an easy person but they're just fantastic at, at navigating that they're mm. just, it's, it's like they just they understand me very much and uh they're they're oh god like I they're brilliant um you know they really are but you have to kind of tell yourself that you're also worthy of that you know it's mm. it's a it's and and that for me that's difficult but um I can hear my counselor's voice in my ear telling me you're worthy of that you deserve that you know and 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 we do everybody does you know um yeah yeah but I can yeah there's a lot of rewiring of of connections and things to yeah get to the point where my counselor says those kind of things to me that I'm like okay I can I am at a point now where I can hear them and agree with them whereas for a long time it was like oh no I don't like I can't Mm -hmm. even 
can't listen to you say those things to me never mind like yeah take on board what what you're saying to me yeah there was there was a lot of deflection <clears throat> with me as well if somebody was to say I, I found it very kind of um cliched I guess if someone's like you know you're enough and you're great and you're this and you're that and you're kind of going yeah of course you're gonna say that you know um <laughs> you're my counselor you have to say that and if my <laughs> friends are family, you say that. Yeah, I'm literally paying you yeah <laughs> and um my same with my family same with my friends you know and then um someone once said to me you know if I was to tell you um something negative you'd probably internalize that and believe it so why can't you believe when I say something positive mm. and I was like that is true yes. <laughs> now you've got me there so yeah <laughs> that's a very yeah, good point it's a really good point and we do that if somebody was to say was to criticize us or insult us you know we we tend to absorb that far more than we do with compliments sometimes mm-hmm. and that's quite sad actually mm-hmm. so I've tried to be like okay when someone says something kind to me they mean it yeah it's not a trick it's not lies it's not manipulation you know it it's it, it's true and allow yourself to actually enjoy the compliment and believe it and yeah you know. and that that is so good for the person who is giving you the compliment as well because yes. I would have been the yeah. same like batting it off like oh what are you talking about yeah. and then it's like a slap in the face to the person who is saying these things to you has got the courage of to say these things to you values and values you enough to say these things to you and then you're just like Ugh, I don't want it so now yeah. I like yeah I work hard at being like yes I appreciate you saying these things to me even though it does slightly make me oh I'm, again I'm uncomfortable talking about it but it's <laughs> it's like it's yeah. important it's it's good for that person and it's good for us as well and it's vulnerability again isn't it like being yes. open to receive those kind of compliments and comments I like I I actually had two students today I teach my the students that I teach are all male students and I, I'm in a kind of a smaller environment um and two boys kind of came into the room and one of them said I you weren't at supervised study yesterday and I really missed you there actually and the other guy went yeah I really missed you as well and I was kind of like wow like I thought it was the most healthy exchange of human emotion I had seen mm. in so long it was like that was incredible and there was no sense of like you know taking the piss like they were serious yeah. and it was really nice I was like oh that's very emotionally mature of the both of them because mm-hmm. if that was even me sometimes at 35 if someone said that to me I'd be like oh sh- shut up <laughs> go away you didn't miss me at all you know I'm a pain um <laughs> and that's the thing that like yeah I'm very like you I'd be very vulnerable in situations like mm-hmm. that I'd be I just can't you know if someone was to say something very kind to me or something that is that's quite you know sincere and and sometimes I think the reaction is because maybe we do actually believe it Mm. and we're very uncomfortable with believing that because we maybe we think it's wrong I don't know I don't know yeah I'm I do I get very very uncomfortable as well so I'm trying to learn to be like thank you when I'm complimented (laughs) and you feel like such a knob when you're doing it you're like oh thank you (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I don't know if it's if it's a real Irish thing of Oh, I couldn't be taking a compliment. Sure, you'll all think I had notions about myself. Oh, yes, you know, I, it might. Maybe it's universal, but it does seem a very like, the self-deprecating nature of Irish yes. people. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Because I, what did I? I brought in like. <laughs> 
I brought in an Nespresso pod to work recently and someone was like, "Twas far from Nespresso, you were raised or something. And I was like, <laughs> we're just, we cannot have nice things, Irish people. I was like, okay. Um, and I think, yeah, if like, because I've spent time, people of lo- many different cultures and when you compliment them, they're like, yeah, thank you. I know, amazing. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, we were like, oh, a little bit cocky there. Yeah, um, yeah, and, it's, exactly. and it's not. Like, it's perfectly fine. Um, oh, a bit emotionally that, healthy are you over there? Yeah, oh, right. yeah. Think a lot about yourself, don't you? With your self-awareness. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, uh, We're a crazy lot. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the, whole, the whole lot of us. I suppose, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, oh, you know, thank, thank you for sharing so vulnerably about your, your experiences um with counseling and would you have any advice if somebody is kind of on the fence about it or giving it some thoughts would you have any advice for them uh do it (laughs) do it do it do it do it do it um you your fears and doubts are okay there's nothing wrong with them but uh it will be the best thing you've ever done um it's going to take some time we spoke about how it's not going to magically cure you if that's what you're looking for, but it's going to help you in ways that you never knew that you could be helped. It's going to open up a side of you that you never knew you could open up. It's going to reveal things. At times it's going to be difficult. It's going to be emotional, but it's going to equip you with skills and tools that you will use every day, all the time, constantly. It's going to make you a better person to yourself going to make you kinder to yourself it's going to make you a better friend Mm. a better relative um and think of it like almost like tinder (laughs) you have to you know swipe 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 a little bit and you'll eventually you'll land on the right person for you it's a very important relationship that you will have with your counselor um and it's okay if the first one doesn't work out and you have to kind of you know shop around a little bit that's fine too but it will be the best money that you will ever spend on yourself because it is um it oh I can't I just yeah I could I could go on all day Rachel but yeah that's the 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 best advice that I can give just do it if I did work for a big council and what you said there about you know being a better your authentic self and being a better friend and relative and all these other facets to your personality like that's what I would be putting out in all our kind of that'd be on the ad 100 percent (laughs) yeah Uh, Claire, I 100% could keep yarning to you. Um, you know, we haven't even got into like um, pop culture references or Simpsons quotes yet. You know, <laughs> I, just, I feel like um, before, <laughs> before we get, get going any further, um, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, so I'll wrap up with my traditional final question um, of how has this made you feel? Uh, this has been actually just fantastic, Rachel. I feel... I'm actually in a much better mood, even though when I started, I think I've visibly like come alive. Um, and Isn't talking like, the best? Like just talking. The best. I just feel lighter. Um, my throat's a little scratchy because I had uh, <laughs> I had a lot of I had a very loud last last this <laughs> evening. Um, but uh, I I do, I feel great. It's been I, I, I said this to you before we started that this is almost like its own counseling session, you know, and and I have never opened up about my experiences with counseling. Um, I open up to my counselor, but I haven't opened up about it to anybody else. So I found this really, really healthy and mm. cathartic. And I feel like now actually 
talking about it with you I can definitely talk about this with other people like Mm -hmm. this is actually really healthy and it's made me feel really good and it's made me really appreciate the value of a good counselor I'm gonna go and like high five my counselor the next time I see her (laughs) I'm like you have done this look at this (laughs) semi-functioning adult over here well no my counselor would say because I've said this to her before like look at what you've done she's like no 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 look what you've done (laughs) look at what you've done Claire it's all for you (laughs) and I thank you so much Rachel for for having me on I've just yeah it's been great oh man yeah thank you so much and yeah for Sharon like I I can no one appreciate that that's not always the easiest thing to do. So yeah, I just really value you. And, and thank you so much for yeah having a great old chat with me. That was thank brilliant. You. It's been so much fun. What a great chat. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did that was real joy to listen back to when I was editing it and um, thanks again to Claire for giving up her time and and sharing her experiences and saying possibly the funniest thing I've ever heard and if I ever make merch it will say Rachel works for big counselling <laughs> I might just make myself some merch anyway um, so there really could only be one podcast that I can recommend and genuinely it is in my weekly roster of podcasts that I always listen to um, Claire and her friend uh, Fanula's podcast What's the History really really good um, whistle stop tour of some episodes that I've enjoyed there's one about um, Princess Diana um, one where they, where they talk about Colditz um, do one about Concord WWE um oh just loads of loads of really good stuff like arctic the arctic expeditions and again it's always really well researched because uh, this is this is what they're into and it's always really good crack and as well they do talk about things like mental health and um what's kind of going on for us all in the world so highly recommend that what's the history and keeping on the theme the book i'm going to recommend so i first heard of what's the history from one of my other favourite podcasts, The Creep Dive. And one of the um, presenters in that podcast is Sophie White. I'm nearly sure I recommended Sophie's memoir at some point, Corpsing. It's also very good, but her this is the first of her fiction books that I've read. It's called The Snag List. Really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, basically it's about um some couples that move into like a gated community where all their needs are met which sounds like it should be perfect but it obviously isn't um there's also a great amdram storyline which i was absolutely living for um really enjoyed it and sophie like is hilarious and just writes people very well they're very likable and very believable characters um and i did i really enjoyed it so that's called the snag list give that a give that a go that it would be a perfect if you are braving a summer holiday i'm very jealous please somebody just take me on holidays with them this would be an excellent beach read perfect or plain read also perfect um so there we go i hope you're all looking after yourselves as much as you possibly can at the minute with what a world we're living in um and yeah 
if you can try and mind yourself and prioritize yourself as much as possible um, and look after yourself and do what you need to do um, thank you so much for listening thank you for interacting with me on, um, on Instagram please come and say hello I love chatting to people and hearing feedback um, and again if you would like to come and chat to me be a guest in the podcast um, I don't bite it's hopefully a pleasant experience for both of us and I'd love to speak to any of you but until I chat to you again look after yourselves and I will speak to you soon bye how did that make you feel how did that make you feel how did that make you feel with Rachel Power